Light that spark fire nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on game time decision making. To talk about this, I have brought David Meltzer on the mic because he's a world renowned entrepreneur. He's currently the CEO of Sports One Marketing and is recognized as a top 100 business coach. He's also a two time best selling author and host the playbook podcast so fire nation we're talking about some incredible things like the best ways to handle input and advice from others how to recover from a mistake how to focus on the present not the past or the future don't time travel fire nation and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor Ready to build your first sales funnel without having to hire an entire tech team to help? With ClickFunnels, you can. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. When it comes to hiring, background checks are a must and TransUnion Shareable for Hires enables immediate access to employment screening tools that deliver reports in minutes. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code onfire50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. David, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Most people don't know that I asked my wife in sixth grade camp to go study with me uh, through a friend and which caused her literally because I threw an egg at her when she said no, that caused her to stay away from me until late in my 20s when I finally had the opportunity to ask for forgiveness. And that that one incident, though, changed my life because out of anyone in my entire life, and I've lived an extraordinary life of relationship capital, uh, that one person, oh my gosh, I always think if I didn't do that, what would, what, what would my life be like? Because that woman has saved my life and is just the cornerstone of everything I do. I guess it's just a lot of truth to it's not how you start the race, it's how you finish the race, David. And I think you finished the race in first place there. If there is a higher place than that, (laughs) anyone that meets my wife knows that's true. So uh, just an extraordinary, extraordinary person. Uh, I say that, you know, people tell you that there's a great woman behind every man, you know, great man in the the old days. And I say the opposite. There's an unbelievable spouse in front of every successful person pulling them along, not standing behind. Wow. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. And Fire Nation, as I said in the intro, we're talking about game time decision making. We're going to be talking about a lot of cool things with David today. But let's just start off with this. You know, a lot of people make poor decisions. They make good decisions. But the question is, are we making these decisions based on a wrong assumption? So break that down for us, David. I'm blessed. I've made some really good decisions in my life. And then I started realizing, you know what? I make really good decisions. It's just a matter of how much stable data am I working off of and where does that stable data come from? I don't think anyone really makes bad decisions. They make poor assumptions. And those assumptions can be deadly even. But I think that if we're more interested than interesting, if we ask for mentorship and help, that statistically, we can actually derive our decisions from good assumptions. And, you know, people say, well, come on, man, like when someone decides to rob something or, you know, to break the law or whatever, they're actually making an assumption. 
right? They're making a risk assessment and mitigating that risk through the assumption either that they won't get caught or there's all these assumptions that are made and those can be prohibited. I mean, they literally can be changed. So I don't look to my decisions. I always look at the data that is in front of me before I make that decision. It's an extra step, but it causes you know great success in my life. Okay. So you kind of gave an example with breaking the law or whatever that might be, but let's talk about like a real specific story or a real specific example of either making a wrong assumption or a right assumption. Like how do you want to go with this? But let's go with a real story here. Oh, I got a huge one. So my entire life, literally since the time I graduated law school, I've been able to attract money. I have an unconscious competency to making money. And through that, I started assuming that I could make great financial decisions for myself without any help. Uh, Beyond that, I owned over $100 million in my portfolio. And I made one bad assumption. I thought I owned a golf course, a ski mountain, 33 homes. I had gone through a lot of my liquidity in a lawsuit to try to prove that I was right. Uh, A variety of things were going on, but I made those decisions based on the fact that I had all this equity in properties like my golf course in my ski mountain, and that at any time I could go to my private bank and borrow against the equity that I had. And so when I needed a quick $5 million float, I went to my private bank, assuming they would say, oh my gosh, you have so much equity, you have so much with the bank, that's not going to be a problem, we'll let you borrow, just you know, secure it with one of your assets. Meanwhile, the bank was going under, it was 2008, and they weren't willing to extend credit. In fact, other institutions weren't willing to uh, give me that credit either because there was no more stated income. There was a bunch of variety of things that I could have avoided if I just asked for help, if I would have been more interested than interesting. Meanwhile, people will ask me all the time, how the heck does a kid who grows up with nothing, is a millionaire nine months out of law school, a multimillionaire by 30, lose over $100 million? One bad assumption. One bad assumption. One reality in life, and I can tell you, I've experienced this, Kate's experienced this, I'm sure you have as well, but if you're listening to this as well, Fire Nation, you know this. People love giving advice. They love giving input. They love giving their opinions. What is your best advice for the way to handle this input advice from Mother's David? I take advice like a handful of sand. So <laughs> I, I, I do, I do. I, I am appreciative. You know, if anyone gives me their advice, I know that they care about me in some way. And so I have to be appreciative yeah. to the fact that they care about me enough to, to help me with what they think I should do. Uh, but what I've learned is most advice, right? And even if it comes from people who love us and care about us, uh, doesn't mean it's good advice just because someone loves you and cares about it. For example, my mom, when I got out of law school, I got a great job offer being an oil and gas litigator out of law school, but I also got a job offer to sell legal research on the newfounded internet, the online. And I went to my trusted advisor to ask for advice, not even giving me, but I asked for it. And my mom literally told me that I had to be a real lawyer because the internet was going to be a fad. Uh, And at that time is when I realized that nobody loves me more than my mom. Nobody cares about me more than my mom. But like a handful of sand, I was going to let that grain of advice fall through my hand, tell my mother thank you, 
And, you know, I am never more grateful to think that the internet was not a fad. And that's what was the impetus and catalyst for me making my first million dollars is being in the right industry with an extraordinary opportunity. And so I tell people all the time, just let the advice go through, thank people for their advice, but make sure that you're making your decisions based off of advice from people who sit in the position or have the experience or knowledge that you want. So for example, um, I have a plan. When the market uh, dumps again, which inevitably it does, it goes up and it goes down, I'm going to spend all my time getting in front of Warren Buffett and telling him, hey, Warren, I have $30 million saved. What should I buy? Mm. Right? Like, why should I Why should I take all the time? That guy sits in the situation I want to be in. He has 90 <laughs> years, 90 years of analyzing stuff for 16 hours a day. Why not just go up to him and say, dude, this is how much money I have. What should I buy? That's all I'm going to do. What should I invest in? And he's going to, and literally, if I have to pay a hundred grand to get in front of him for five minutes and donate it to charity, it'll be the best hundred grand I've ever spent because he's going to tell me exactly what to do with my money. And statistically, I will be way more successful than I try to figure it out myself. There's so much wisdom here, Fire Nation. Like, for instance, I can tell you that it was pretty recently. I'm not going to name names for reasons that are about to be obvious, but you know, I was sitting down having a conversation with somebody and they were telling me how disciplined they were and how they feel like I could be more disciplined as a human being. And I'm sitting there looking at this person and they're a good 80 to 100 pounds overweight. And so I'm thinking to myself, this person is talking about how disciplined they are, but they obviously can't be disciplined enough to eat right or to exercise every single day or at least multiple times per week. Like, why would I ever listen to any advice this individual is giving for those reasons. And just like David said with Mentors Fire Nation, don't take advice from people that aren't experts, the top of the field in the areas that you're getting advice from. Like when I want to start a podcast, guess what? Richard Branson, although he's an amazing entrepreneur, would have been a horrible person to give me advice because I wasn't starting an airline company or a record company. So I hired a mentor who had a successful business podcast. And that mentor taught me how to create a successful business podcast. That is the key when you are getting advice from people. That's how you want to be filtering it through. And again, always be looking at that individual giving you the advice and saying, okay, they probably care about me. You know, they're giving me input, they're giving me advice, but let's dig a little deeper here. Let's think about this for a second. Is this the right person to be giving me this advice? And oftentimes the answer is no. Now, David, one thing that's just a reality, we all make mistakes. We're human beings. It's going to happen. So break it down for us, how we can recover from these inevitable mistakes and get back to our center. Yeah, I think people have the wrong M word when they say mistakes, because I have another M word that I look at that starts with an M-I which is miracle, Ooh. right? So my, my, my perspective of mistakes, things, uh, and how I define a mistake is important because I think everyone should define it this way. A mistake is things that happen that I didn't think would happen, right? Or didn't go the way that I wanted them to happen. That's a mistake. I perceive this and this was a, what occurred. Oh my gosh, that's a mistake. No, it's not. It's a miracle. And when it becomes a miracle is from the lessons that we learn from that which happened that we didn't anticipate or expect. And so for me, I'm 
I'm, I, I encourage people. I actually give an award in my company called the Dummy Tax Award. Uh, and the Dummy Tax Award is we go around and everybody talks about the mistake in their perception, the miracle that happened in their life and why it happened and how it affected the business. We then, I give a bonus to that, those people who made the biggest in most valuable, I should say, mistake or miracle. And when I shift people's perspective into a different M word, into a miracle, where they look at all the activity that they've had and the things that happen that they don't anticipate or expect, otherwise people define as mistakes, I just make a quantum shift in their life and say, look, why don't you define that as a miracle? This just occurred and I had no expectation of it occurring. Why do I have to put a negative connotation onto it? Instead of, for example, my bankruptcy was the greatest miracle of my life. It made every relationship in my life stronger. It saved my life. It got me to stop abusing myself with alcohol and drugs and bad people around me and bad ideas. It refocused me and take stock in who I was the biggest miracle of my life, everyone around me is like, dude, that's the biggest mistake I've ever heard. You lost over a hundred million dollars. No, it's a miracle because I make more money. I help more people and have more fun than I've ever had in my entire life. And I've used mentors to get there in even a more efficient, effective, and statistically successful way. Fire Nation, perception is everything. And speaking of perception, this is just a reality. I like to use the word time travelers. We're always traveling in time, Fire Nation. We're bemoaning the past or we're wishing, you know, for the past. You know, like I love to say, like my best four years of my life were in college. I wish I was back in college now. Or we're just like scared of the future or we're just like really excited for the future. So we're just thinking about that, that, that. So few of us are living in the present. We just don't. We're time travelers. We're either in the past or in the future. We're never just here today in the present. How can we solve that? How can we focus on the present, David? Well, first of all, I pay attention to time, right? I mean, time is essential. I separate time into two constructs, the man-made construct of 24 hours. And so if I'm looking and studying my time, studying my calendar, which is what the host or platform of time is, I'm looking at it with a lens of productivity and accessibility. How much value can I provide? How accessible am I to others? As well as how am I accessing what I want? And then the second time frame that I look at is infinity. And I look at the construct of infinity, time being infinite, as I am not capable of a human being of grasping how infinite time is. Let me explain that in a real brief way. I don't think people understand or, or even comprehend that if there's billions of years, you know, that our lifetime is a blink and that beyond that 10 years is a blink and beyond that one year is a blink beyond that this month is a blink one week is a blink let alone one day one hour one minute but yet we get so caught up in the man-made construct of time that we're creating our decisions and assumptions based upon a time frame that's a man-made construct not in the infinite time that's why we see mistakes instead of miracles because if we could unravel not just this lifetime, but multiple lifetimes, we could see the effect that different decisions and actions and some people may define it as karma has occurred, even though we don't have a direct effect. And so like a puzzle, if we stay present and appreciate the piece of puzzle that's in front of us today, the present, we don't need to know how it fits into this beautiful picture. How many times do we look at something that's happening in the present and say, oh my God, this is horrible, or oh my gosh, this is great. But 
when the puzzle piece finally fits into the big picture, we have an exact understanding of why and what that piece of puzzle and the purpose and profitability or passion of that puzzle all fits in perfectly. And you're, you're just wasting time and energy if you don't understand the two platforms or constructs of time. And one more thing about the man-made construct, people like to make money. And I'm a huge capitalist. I'm a compassionate capitalist. But I always tell them, there is no such thing as work. You told me perception is everything. I agree. Why can't we just look at things as activities, right? Activity we get paid for and activity we don't get paid for. And if we look at that activity, most people ignore the greatest activity that you do every day, especially when we mature the unconscious and subconscious mind, which is sleep. I spend as much time thinking and getting more proficient and effective and accessible in my sleep than I do at my wake time because I know consistently I sleep every day at least six hours. Fire Nation, that mindset shift I really want to double down on, it's not work, Fire Nation. There are activities that you get paid for and there are activities that you don't get paid for. That's a much better way of looking at what you're doing day to day than just saying, hey, I got to go to work. Like, you don't have to go to work. Like, you can go do activities that you're either getting paid for and that you either enjoy or you don't enjoy or you're not getting paid for. Think about that mindset shift. And Fire Nation, we got some serious mindset shifts coming up for you as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. As a small business, making great hires is critical to your success. And when it comes to hiring, background checks are a must-have. Unlike big companies with big HR departments, small businesses may not have the resources to manage background checks or easily access screening tools. But now there is TransUnion Shareable for Hires, an online employment screening service built specifically to help small businesses quickly screen applicants with reliable data from a trusted source. With traditional screening services, you might wait days or even weeks to get results, but with Shareable for Hires, you'll get immediate access to powerful employment screening tools that enable you to fast track your hiring process so that you can get back to business. Within minutes, you'll receive reports from TransUnion containing critical information about an applicant's credit history and criminal background. The reports you receive are compliant with state and federal consumer reporting laws. It's free to sign up, no hidden fees, and reports start as low as $35. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code onfire50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening. TransUnion Shareable for Hires, helping small businesses make big decisions. I don't consider myself a techie person, but when it comes to idea generation, I'm on fire. So when asked, are you ready to build your first sales funnel? I immediately thought I'd have to hire a tech team to help. Then I found ClickFunnels, and with ClickFunnels, the sky is the limit. ClickFunnels is a software tool that helps you create sales funnels that convert your visitors into leads and then customers. ClickFunnels was created so entrepreneurs like me and you who aren't programmers and who don't know how to code can easily build great looking pages inside of a sales funnel to grow our business online. And the great thing about ClickFunnels is that it's not just your funnel building editor, it's also your shopping cart, your email autoresponder, your membership software, your affiliate management software, and so much more. Join over 90,000 entrepreneurs who are actively using ClickFunnels to easily get their products and their message out to the world. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. 
So David, let's talk about expanding our learning zone and shrinking our anxiety zones because so many people live in the anxiety zone and spend so little time in the learning zone. How can we expand the prior and shrink the latter? Well, the first is to visualize the three zones there are. One is the comfort zone. And then what I do is picture three concentric circles. The inner, the inner circle is the comfort zone. The next layer of circle is the learning zone. The next layer is the anxiety zone. And what happens is if we don't stay focused or regulate or be aware of when we're in the learning zone, the learning zone is the expansive zone. When we stay in the learning zone, we get acceleration in, in exponential growth. And so what we want to do is know where that zone is. When we go outside of the learning zone, either into the comfort zone where nothing expands, right? If we sit at home high on our mom's couch, sick all day and broke, we're never going to expand or accelerate. But sometimes and more often, most people, they work too hard. And what happens is they go outside of the learning zone and they create ego-based emotions that constrict the size of our learning zone. And that's what creates even some people nervous breakdowns. Why is it that some people can't get even get out of bed in the morning that used to be highly functioning people? That's because they push themselves so far out into the anxiety zone that it has constricted down what their focus or limitations would be to barely being able to get out of bed even. What I encourage people to do is number one, be aware of the learning zone and two, to try to expand and accelerate and exponentially grow as quickly as possible by a identifying where the ego is. What happens is the anxiety zone is full with the ego-based emotions, which are separate from inspiration. So one of the key components of staying in the learning zone is to be in spirit or connected to that which inspires you. If you go to the anxiety zone, you're in a fear of loss, separation, the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be resentful, the need to be superior, the need to be inferior, the need to be separate, There's the need for guilt. All of these different ego-based emotions are what causes our actual flow to constrict so that our activities become limited instead of creating acceleration and exponential growth, which are two of the key components to getting everything you want in the universe. And that's why we have to be aware of the learning zone and stay in it and try to not let the ego get into our way. And I love that part you said about the ego. Where's the ego, Fire Nation? You have to identify it. Now, David, question for you. Is it possible to chase our goals without actually being emotionally attached to the outcomes? Yeah, if you create the emotional attachment to something else. So what I have done is created a a formula, a, a theory about happiness, right? Our, our feelings, this, this emotional attachment. And that's, I attach to the enjoyment of the happiness created enjoyment of the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit, which is inspiration of my potential, the truth determinative upon whatever it is that I prioritize in my life. So I'm consistently, persistently pursuing my potential as a father, as a husband, as a business person, as a philanthropist, as a podcaster, as an interviewee, whatever it is, when I'm in the present and I put, now that doesn't mean, this is where the conflict exists, doesn't mean I don't have outcomes that I want, but I always have minimum outcomes. Too many people, you know, they want to make a million dollars. They want to make $10 million, $100 million. My first question is, why limit yourself? 
You cannot dream big enough to dream as big as the universe or God or whatever you believe in. You got to put a minimum in front of that. So I have all types of goals, outcomes that I want. I never attach my happiness or my emotions to the outcome. I attach my happiness and, and emotions into the pursuit of it to create more inspiration, not to create a resistance, a shortage, a void when I'm not able to achieve things as quickly as I expect them to be achieved. Once again, tying into time, the time is infinite. So now I've not only relieved resistance by creating the man-made construct of time, but also of amounts. So if I, it's so much more healthy to say, I want to double the amount of money I want to make as quickly as I can, instead of saying, I got to make a million dollars by March. Look, if you want to put outcomes, you're limiting yourself. I mean, People tell me, Dave, well, how much do you want to make? I just want to double the amount of money I make as quickly as I can. You know, if I told you a billion dollars, I'm limiting myself. And they kind of giggle at me. I'm like, are you kidding me? Bezos makes a billion dollars this year. He's fired, right? He's fired. That's his limitation, not mine. One thing I've definitely identified is that people are really good at starting things. You know, they get that early momentum, that early motivation. They get inspired by a podcast or a video or this or that. But then after one day or one week or one month, they somehow they get stuck and they just stop and they never start back up. So why do people get stuck? And how have you seen people break through that process? One of the most important questions you can ask, right? Most people have the perception that they're stuck when they're not getting the results that they're looking for, or they don't look at the right things to determine those results. We spoke earlier about being in the learning zone and having acceleration and exponential growth in your life. And what I look at, and it's so frustrating for me, no matter what you're doing, I focus in on maximizing that acceleration, maximizing the exponential growth. Let me tell you how people get stuck. You might get into an event, a venture and you're four years into it. And at that time, you look at your results and you only have 25% of the result that you want. And therefore, you create resistance, shortage, verticals, verticals, obstacles. Those around you, you start attracting those naysayers. You know, everybody is great at telling you what you can't do and, and why. And that's because they can't do it. Uh, you know, those who can, they look at acceleration and exponential growth. So what I focus in on is even though it's been four years and I may only be 25% of the way where I want to be, am I growing? Am I accelerating? Why? Because if I am accelerating and growing that, that which took me 25% four years now in two more years, I'll be at 50%. And those people that stick through it and have that persistent, consistent look, they may be at six years and now the pressure really turns up because they're starting to listen to everyone around them and they want to maybe want to get married or have kids or buy a house or whatever. And they're sticking to their story. But most people, 99% at least quit after that 50% mark because they feel like they're stuck. Meanwhile, they're accelerating and exponentially growing. They, they've increase the amount of time and exponential growth by two times. It only took them two years to get 25 more percent done. Here's the saddest thing. Most people quit there because they're stuck. And if they just stick to it, what they don't realize, if they're focused on acceleration and exponential growth, that they're only one year away from being 100% of where they want to be. So if you put time on that, if I'm 25 years old, at 29, I'm 25% away there. At 31, I'm 50% away there. At 32, I'm 100% away there. At 32 and a half, I'm 200% away there. At 32 and three quarters, I'm 400. And it goes on and on and on. That's how billionaires are made. That's how the lucky ones are made. Meanwhile, at four years and six years, everybody's telling you, quit, 
how come you're not there? They're making fun of you. You know, all the things in my life, people, you know, it's like they just laughed at me when I graduated law school and decided I was going to sell legal research online. And nine months later, everybody was asking me for a job and telling me I'm the luckiest guy in the world. When I ran Lee Steinberg, it's the exact same thing, the most notable sports agency in the world. Everybody thought I was crazy to switch my career in my 30s after going bankrupt. And meanwhile, everybody now begs for a job from me. It's because I only focus on my own personal growth of staying in the learning zone and looking at the acceleration and exponential growth, knowing that there's only one way to get there bigger and faster, and that's to focus on how you get there, not whether you're there or not. So I believe that one of my biggest strengths over the years, basically since 2012, has been consistency. I mean, from podcast to social media, just plain putting in the work. But how would you say Fire Nation can create consistent habits through time management? Yeah, so one, lower the bar and use your calendar. So I'm a student of my calendar. I raise awareness by paying attention to what I do in person on the phone, via email, and all media, radio, print, TV, social media, et cetera. But I'm religious about paying attention to that activity that I have and being consistent. I also lower the bar, uh, meaning... Too many people try to do everything at once. Me, I put minimums on things. If I want to get something done, like meditation, you want to meditate, put two minutes a day minimum, right? Meditate every day. You get an exponential result. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. Same with golf, same with work. And people like you and I that are consistent and persistent about what we do and inspired about what we do, we get exponential results because one times two times three times four times five times six is far greater than 20 times zero times zero times zero times 30 times zero times there. That effort is wasted. The human body is a contiguous being. It's conscious, feeds the unconscious, feeds the, the su- subconscious, feeds the unconscious. Our cellular structure by consistent behavior has a memory, which goes in, it's 10,000 data inputs a day, 10,000 new things that we get via our senses. That goes to the 40,000 of the same thoughts we have every day that create neural pathways in our mind that actually create our beliefs. Those actually impact the unconscious competency that we have, both genetic, which is our personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions, in which we can activate and deactivate, as well as the energetic side of what we're doing, of how we keep attracting all the right people and ideas more rapidly than anyone else. And you are a perfect example of somebody that has that consistent behavior. You think, say, and do all the right things, you believe all the right things, and then you've effectuated your unconscious competency that, look, we could take all the money in the world and it's gonna redistribute, put it in the desert, it's gonna redistribute itself to the same people because of this philosophy of those people who are consistent about what they do, they study their calendars, they are persistent in their nature with it, and that creates an exponential result resulting in more productivity, value, and two, accessibility. Accessing what they want and being accessible to others. I think that's the value bomb of the interview, Fire Nation, is lower the bar. Lower the bar. We're talking two minutes of meditation. Write one paragraph of content, because guess what? Momentum loves action. Momentum loves action. If you write that one paragraph, you're going to write that one paragraph because it's a low bar. You're going to do that. But guess what? After you write that one paragraph, you might be like, huh, 
I'm kind of being inspired right now by a couple of thoughts. And that one paragraph turns into two, turns into 10, turns into two pages. It doesn't have to every time, but it might from time to time because momentum loves action. Two minutes of meditation might turn out to be five. It might not, but it might. But it's doing it every single day, just knowing that you're going to start because it's not this overwhelming two hours of meditation. That's the lowering of the bar that we're talking about. So David, you could share a lot of takeaways from this episode, but what's one thing you really want to make sure Fire Nation gets from our chat today? The best thing to get is be kind to your future self and provide value. So they, so many people, they, they, they get the giving side of things, but when I say provide value, I mean, take care of yourself. The legs feed the line. Make sure that you're asking for help. Live your life in radical humility. That's how you're kind to your future self. You can't give what you don't have. I don't think people have trouble giving and being of service. I think people have trouble asking for help. I think if the more people that would ask for help from others, not only would make other people more valuable and raise their value and also provide them a ton of value by asking for help, but moreover, they would be able to give more because they actually have more and it would accelerate what they're doing. So be kind to your future self, do good deeds, but ask for help and ask big. Fire Nation, be kind to your future self. And David, how can we find out more about you? You know, at David Meltzer uh, on Instagram, David Meltzer on YouTube. You can Google David Meltzer and find all the different things. My website is dmeltzer, my first initial last name, dot com. Uh, I am of service. Reach out. Whatever I can do to be of service, please let me know. And I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with DM and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type David in our search bar and the show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And of course, head over to all those areas that David talked about, dmeltzer.com. David, I want to say thank you for sharing all these value bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, brother, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by David. And I know, Fire Nation, that you understand how podcasts can ignite your business, but the planning, the creating, the collaborating with the guests and all the producing and the distributing, take it from me, podcasting can be intense. That's why I am fired up for you to check out Oxbus. Oxbus has an end-to-end podcast creation platform for entrepreneurs just like you. Visit oxbus.com slash JLD and you can try it today for free. That's A-U-X-B-U-S, oxbus.com slash JLD. Boom, I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Ready to build your first sales funnel without having to hire an entire tech team to help? With ClickFunnels, you can. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. When it comes to hiring, background checks are a must and TransUnion Shareable for Hires enables immediate access to employment screening tools that deliver reports in minutes. Start your on-demand screening at shareable.com slash fire and use code ONFIRE50 at checkout to save 50% on your first screening.